Welcome to Beat the Block, a podcast powered by BeatStars, the world's number one marketplace to buy and sell beats. This is a show where we go deeper than the surface and talk about the best producers and artists in the game, not just about their successes, but also the blocks, dark times, mental health, and unpaid work that comes along with it. More importantly, we find out they bounce back and turn their downsides into upsides to make a career out of doing what they love so you can too. Get ready to experience this episode of Beat the Block. What's up, gang? This is your friendly neighborhood, Ill Brown. This is your boy, Trox. Yo, and this is your girl, Candy. And we are back once again. And I know y'all thought we'd be canceled by now, but you're wrong. With yet another installment of the Beat the Block podcast. I think we on to some, gang. What you guys think? Hey, we changing lives out here, I think. If we're doing that, we're doing our job, man. Absolutely. Candy, you don't think we changing the game? Absolutely. Absolutely. We done changed the game. It's already changed. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. I bet a six-piece wing with mild sauce, salt and pepper on the side on that. But anyway... Y'all ain't come here to hear about my taste in food. Y'all wanted to hear about the musical palette. But we got a special guest for y'all today. He needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. See, that rhymed. But our next guest... (laughs) Our next guest has made his name in the game. He's known for the sample Free Sounds. He's worked with Royce, DJ Premier. On the album Prime 2, it's one of my favorites. Got a Grammy in 2019 with the homie Anderson Pack on the joint Bubbling, which is another one of my favorites. I mean, that's just the name of few though. He's the Ant Man, but he's but he's not Paul Rudd though. Y'all welcome Ant Man Wonder to the show. What's good, family? I wish I was Paul Rudd. I kind of do. <laughs> if I could be Paul Rudd, like if I choose between me and Paul Rudd, I'd be Paul Rudd. And it's funny we've known about each other for so long. We've been talking on social media and stuff. But this is the first time that we've actually like talked to each other. Let's take it back to the beginning of your musical journey. Like, what kind of inspired it? What started it? I used to go to sleep with music on, playing video games. Everything that had music in it, I just took inspiration from it. And then, um, I, I don't know, man. Like, in the late 90s, I like the producers were starting to become, you know, the stars. Like, Pharrell and Swiss and Just and everybody like that. They were just starting to become the stars. And I just, I was on that side of it. Like, I, when, I, when I was younger, I actually used to write rhymes, but... You know, I, I hated my voice, so I, you know, I figured, you know, I, I got a billion voices with music, and uh, I could choose one. So it, it just became that. I had a little Casio keyboard. I started rocking out on that, and then it kind of just grew from there, man. Like, I just been doing that. Like, even the sample stuff that I do, like, the non-sample stuff I do right now, that's actually how I started. Like, I used to play stuff on the Casio and then record it into my little bullshit computer, and it worked. It worked out, man. So you would, like... You ain't never heard of sampling at that point. You would literally just like... I was retarded, man. I was like, uh, uh, I actually thought that people played out everything. So I actually would try to make the stuff that I heard. Like, I remember I tried to make 100% over by Big Punt. Because, <laughs> like, I love that sample <laughs> with the flutes. And I tried to make it on a Casio keyboard. It did not come out sounding as good as the original. But that's where, it, like, it was just that. Like, I, I didn't know what sampling was. I didn't... I just thought that producers just made shit. And they were just, everybody was an amazing musician. That's what I thought. I had a whole record collection and I still didn't know any better. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) education is paramount, kids. Like, learn. 
That's funny as hell, man. Nah, just using that that Casio keyboard. You're just a kid on the Casio keyboard, replaying all this stuff. You felt like that helped fast track your musicianship, like the development of it. It did, man. Um, honestly, like it was a it was a fusion thing. When I did learn how to sample, I actually would just implement whatever I could play. Like I would still do bass lines and things like that, or even just trying to like honestly, where I hone my craft is trying to replay samples. And um, I just learned so much, but I didn't learn it at a point where I was actually practicing music theory. But then as I got older, I started, you know, learning music theory and getting out there on my own and, and composing from scratch. Like I just started doing albums and shit. And when I was ready to quit in like 2012, I made this album and it just caught attention. And people started like before everybody was making samples. It was it was just my whole thing wasn't even making samples. It was just making music. And people just thought, you know, this could fit into what I want to do. And other big producers started, like, sampling it and shit like that. So why were you ready to quit at that point, though? You, you give so much, man, and, and receive so little. It's just, like, I liked it. I like music as a hobby. Like, I even in 2004, I was like, I want to be a producer. But only certain things happen from it. You deal with the rigmarole. You know how the industry is. And I'm not even going to go in, down the negative route, but... Just so much happened that I was just like, you know, I'd rather just work a nine to five and enjoy making music. And then as soon as I decided that, like <laughs> everything like switched over a hundred percent. And now I'm stuck doing this. I'm in my own personal hell. It's funny how things like that work, huh? Yeah. Hilarious. So you did an album with Sky Zoo called Ode to Reasonable Doubt. How did that come about? I actually started on the album previously. I like I, I did it and I put a couple things like it's still on my SoundCloud. The the original, some of the original stuff that I made, like because I was just gonna do it. I was just gonna do like an elevated reasonable doubt album. Sky Zoo knew somebody that I knew, and uh, somebody was asking him on on social media to make a, a a remake of Reasonable Doubt, and he hit me up and I said sure, why not? And then um, you know the rest is history. Did you like study the samples of? the songs of the original album and kind of like try and mimic it as best as you could it was half that it was partially that but like i, I didn't even need that much studying because reasonable doubt was like an uh, album i really grew up with like i really listened to that shit it was a point i listened to it daily beats and video like i would play nintendo 64 listening to, like i would play it was so weird because it was it was like i was listening to drug dealer music like playing mario kart <laughs> so I'll be like on Star Road and shit And Jay-Z just be talking to Grimey and shit And I just be like Shit, got hit by a shell You gonna hear Jay-Z kicking some drug dealer raps And you're trying to find that, that secret shortcut on Rainbow Road, right? The secret, but ra the risky one But that gets you ahead, though That's like my, don't want some real shit That's my shit It's like sweet and sour Like I will play a video game and listen to the Grimey and shit Just like the way grimy rappers sound good on beautiful melodies it's just a thing that i like to do but that was something that i used to i used to just listen to reasonable doubt like all the time like bring it on was like my favorite shit and that was the first one i made and um after i did that dj Premier actually called me up and interviewed me on this radio show at the time and uh he gave me a lot of knowledge and shit like that and that's like when we first clicked and then we did a couple records after that and then we ended up doing a whole album so how did you initially link up with Premier though yeah it was that he hit me up told me to call into his radio show. I called in, I did an interview. And then um, my manager at the time, I think reconnected me with them. Like I actually tried to meet DJ Premier at like a roost picnic and I kept missing him. Like I always wanted to meet DJ Premier. He was like one of my first role models as far as music goes. And I finally 
spoke to him and then after that man we just ended up linking up on certain records like i think Torre linked the the one that i did on barrel brothers so we did one on barrel brothers back in like 2014 and then like i worked with royce before then too so uh the stuff i did with royce i worked with royce and premiere around the same time and after that they just both decided that i was a good fit because we were all familiar and um we did a, a album together that's dope. Was a was a Gangstar album your first album you've ever owned? It was one of them. Like I I got I actually got I inherited like a whole music collection because my aunt and my uncle went to the military, and when they left, they just had like all the tapes and and vinyls, and they left me a whole stereo system, the shit that had the tape decks and the little spot under for the vinyls and the tall ass speakers, and I used to uh, fuck up all the records thinking I could scratch, and. <laughs> I, <laughs> And I had, and I had, and I just had like a, a crazy collection of, of stuff that I would just listen to, and I would go to sleep to it. And you know, the radio was still dope at the time, so I would just go to sleep to the radio being on, and I would have dreams with TLC playing in it, and <laughs> like just whatever was on the radio at the time. Like I would wake up to Moni Love playing at 5 a.m. Like just whatever. And then I met Moni Love too. She's so pretty. But but then I met him when I actually met him was at a prime one. And this is before we even decided to do Prime 2. It was at a Prime 1 uh, show in Brooklyn. And Adrian was there and everybody was there. And we uh, took a picture together and we hung out and shot the shit. And I think that's where I got cool with Parks. And it was a dope-ass night, man. And, like, not long after that, we decided we was going to all do Prime 2. That's dope. It's just, it's just one of those things where, like, where, like everything comes full circle. It does, man. Whole big-ass circle. <laughs> Definitely. So explain the process on how you worked on Prime 2. Did you just send him, like, compositions you made and he just chopped them up? Yeah, it was honestly just a bunch of random old shit. Um, I wish, like, honestly, in hindsight, I wish that I actually... It wasn't all ocean. I'm sorry. I did make some shit for Prime 2, but uh, some of the stuff that got picked was just stuff that was laying around. Stuff that I didn't even pick. Like, it was just, like, because my manager at the time had, like, uh, access to a bunch of my old shit. So he was sending stuff as well as me, and a lot of stuff got mixed up in there. But if I could do it all again, I'd probably do everything from scratch. Like, I mean, people liked it, and, and I and I, it got some praise. So I'm I'm glad that people liked it. That's that's all. I think we could all say that it was a really dope record, and your contributions to it. And I mean, no matter what you think about it, like if it weren't for you, I mean, for me, I like honestly, man, like I'm I'm glad that I I got to work on it. But I, the the biggest part is being able to work with one of my people that I looked up to and and you know as well as Royce too like Royce is one of my favorite rappers but to work with people that I really really admire like to work with all the producers that I really really admire man like it was you know that's that's the biggest part of me that's my success like all that other stuff is cool like placements is cool and stuff like that but if you got a goal no matter what it is in music and you accomplish it that's that's your success and nobody else can tell you what success is definitely so from that experience, what could you tell other producers, like, after they meet with other legendary producers, like, what would you tell them as far as them working with them? I would tell them, learn as much as you can, but still treat them as competition. Mm. Like, and I don't mean competition, like, try to destroy them or anything, but there's levels to it, but the levels is the levels that you create. Don't let anybody else create your levels. Like, whatever your goal is, is your goal. And whatever other people accomplish, don't dim whatever you're trying to accomplish. You know what I mean? They, they at some point, they were you. Like, at one point, Dr. Dre was busting his ass, you know what I mean, working in clubs and, and 
trying to get to where he's at now. So I really tell people, you know, look up to your legends, respect your legends, but learn from your legends, but work, work hard, man. Work hard to get where they at. Don't, don't think that, you know, there's only going to be one set of legends, just like Brian is with Jordan. Like he want to be the next and he gets criticized for that. But what's the point of playing if you don't want to be the best? What's the point of playing if you don't want to make an impact? And I think everybody who plays this game should try their hardest to make an impact and keep the, you know, keep the ball moving. You know what I'm saying? Like Dre and them had people they looked up to. You look up to Dre, you look up to whoever you look up to and you work so the next generation can look up to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just make sure you don't do what cannabis did with LL Cool J. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I could, there's tons of mistakes out there where people try people, but try, try, you do you. That's all I can say is, is oh, and, and, and why I'm on that subject, because I thought about this before I even signed on. One thing I want to tell to these new producers and producers coming up, stop learning everything you learn on YouTube. Because the reason why everybody's, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with learning on YouTube, but stop learning how to make beats from YouTube. Study music. I think people need to start studying it because everything sounds the same because everybody, I'm like when I look through, I actually see that people teach you how to play certain, how to make a trap beat. And it, like a lot of these beats sounds like the how to make a trap beat beat. And I think uh, for this younger generation, man, like, I know it's money out here to get and everything like that, but um, y'all y'all create the narrative. And I think more of these young people need to actually start learning from more places than just what's out here on the radio or just what's in the, in, in the Billboard 100 and start changing the narrative. Mm. We don't all have to sound the same. Everything sounds too, too similar, man. You're not lying. Yeah, I totally agree. Studying music when I was in high school and grade school, that was a requirement. It was yeah. one of the classes, even though I didn't pay attention. <laughs> Me too. Because um, I just picked up by ear and, and looking at a book kind of deterred me. But it is essential because now that I'm older, I'm like, damn, I wish I would have learned theory back then. Tell me about it. I got kicked out of piano class and art school because I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I, I mean, it helped me get my own sound. Experiment with shit is definitely one of the key factors in in getting your own sound and trying things. And that's what and that's what I mean by that. Like, I, there's nothing wrong with the sound that's out there. I just want more variation. Me personally, I'm not you know not saying down with trap or anything like that. Like, I still make beats that are trap infused. I still I I love the sound. It's just I think it's so much more that could be done with it. I think it's so many more influences that could be used. And I feel like we're just limiting ourselves and it's just the same thing over and over. It's, it's rinse, wash, and repeat. Wash, rinse, and repeat. I totally agree. I'm sure they, they agree with me. So you did the album with Primo. You've worked with Royce. Tell me, when did you actually feel like things started really clicking for you? <laughs> things still aren't clicking for me. <laughs> because I like I just have a certain standard. I know what I want. I know what I want to accomplish. Things have happened, and, and I don't downplay my accomplishments, but from my view, from other outside people's view, I understand there's a lot of young producers who want to do some of the things that I've done as far as where my music has been, but just where I want to go for me personally, I feel like it's still not even clicking for me what I, what I really want to accomplish. That's all. I'm just keeping my head down and working. Things happen, that's good, but I, it's a lot more that I want to happen and that I'm working towards. When was that moment where you was like, you know, I, I have to make a living off doing this? Probably back in, like, my last job was, like, 2012, 2013. And from there, it was just, everything had to be music. 
I like as soon as I turned 30, that's when I was just like, all right, it's, it's time to work. Like for real, for real. I mean, honestly, that's when I quit. I quit on my birthday. And then on my birthday, I got hit up to work with Justice Lee's manager. Shout out to Ivan. Yeah, I remember Ivan. He just started showing me around to, to everybody. And I just had to keep going. Like, I really wanted to quit. I want to quit all the time. I still want to quit. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm into deep. <laughs> right. No, I totally understand. And I don't mean quit music. I mean quit the business of music. Like, just... You know, mm. I, I still love With music. the industry, baby. The, yeah, the I industry. Know. I mean, but I love music, but it's just it's so much stupid stuff that goes on in this industry. And I don't I don't hide it, man. I don't smile and dance around this shit. Like it's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed and we need to act like we wanna fix it. Like we need a we need a union, we need certain things to happen where people stop trying dumb shit. And the producer need to stop being disrespected. Yes. I mean that. Hundred percent agree with that. Shit. I mean that's where it is, and I, and I'm not quitting because there's so much talent out here. It's so much. Talent. I know I talk about all the people that make the same, but I still have to acknowledge all the young talent that I that I've come across, all the young talent that I get to work with, and there's so many people that are doing so many amazing, so much amazing stuff, and I think that it gets filtered out. You know what I mean? It gets filtered out like so much good music is being made that gets filtered out for the known format that works for people. You know what I'm saying? So I really want to start pushing for just equality in music where more people who are trying different things get the same kind of airplay that, you know, these these popular artists get. But people that are doing some some really dope stuff, man, and some really dope artists and musicians and producers that are out here busting their ass and studying and getting better just to be overlooked by somebody who just, you know, purchased a copy of FL yesterday. I fight for those type of people because I love music, and it's not even a personal thing. I just love music, and I and I wish that music gets treated as a whole, like from the amateurs who making it to the pros to everybody. I want everybody to get their fair shine, man. That's admirable, man. That's very admirable. Let's switch gears a little bit, man. Uh, do you still not sample at all, even though now you're, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying never, now, not even once. I yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a kind of, a, I'm a weird OCD dude, man. Once I, if if I'm in something, I'm, that's that's what I do. Like I, I stopped sampling mostly because I, I, back in the 2000s, like I've had like stuff taken from me, like stolen, and it's nothing you can say about it. But I've had ideas taken. And I love sampling. I still sample like the my my style of music is still sampling, but I sample myself. So I still love the art of sampling, and I don't take away from the art of sampling. And I would love to stop hearing this whole samplers versus musicians debate. Like it's stupid, it's stupid as hell. Mm. It's like, and people are now mad at people that say they don't sample. It's like, well, if you could brag about how nice you are with sampling, people should be able to brag about how nice they are with creating. There's nothing wrong with that. I 100% agree. My crusade is against whack motherfuckers. It's exactly. It's, it's either it's good or it's not. I mean, <laughs> yeah. just... Just make hot shit. Yeah, Just Blaze said that. <laughs> I remember Just Blaze said that back in like 2006, 2007. I remember somebody asked him, he said, yeah, man, what do you think of sampling versus non-sampling stuff? He was like, it don't matter. He's like, you can make something original and it can still be dope. It was, uh, I know what it was is we was battling. It was me, DJ Cass, and a couple other people, and we were battling. And I was still sampling at the time, and he was, and it was like, 
yeah, can you use like what? But it's not fair if you use samples. It was like, it don't matter. You can make an original beat that can still be the sample beat if you're nice. Mm-hmm. And that's real. Like you, you can like you can make a sample beat that could be the like it's 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 about the the person that's making the shit straight up. Yeah, be good at what you do because all these people that I see arguing back and forth about it, I go and check out their SoundClouds and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you just sit this argument out. Why don't you play the bench on this one? Cause there's so many people that yeah, argue. Play the bench. Yeah, I'm not trying to hear all this argument stuff. Like honestly, like if you if you nice, you nice. It, it's really really that simple, man. Work on your shit. Absolutely, man. Like don't be in that. I'm not gonna have a conversation with you. I've don't, I don't even get it. I used to argue. I used to be like, yeah, hey, well, I'll battle you. I don't. I used to, I used to ask Just Blaze and he. he <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to sound like I'm name dropping. Cause that, but that's my homie, man. Like I ran into him like last August and he like called me out because I used to uh, challenge him to battle every day. <laughs> like, back in it, like, I used to challenge him to battle every single day. And it was funny. I mean, now it's called trolling. But back then, I was just like, <laughs> I want to <laughs> battle the best. I was not going to win, but I wanted to battle who I felt was the best at the time. And now it's, it's people that just talk that shit because you have so much access. And it's like... Hone on your craft. I know everybody, I know you have SoundCloud and you can just put your shit out there and all that, but work on your craft. Just like with Cassidy, put his shit out there. Don't put your shit out there just because you can. Work on your craft before <laughs> you go out and get, put yourself out there talking crazy. About that Just Blaze situation, man. Did he ever take you up on that battle, even in private? No. <laughs> no, Just Blaze is not he battling. He wants to smoke. He not, no, he's not battling nobody. And and I get where he's coming from now because I've had people <laughs> say that they would battle me and I'm listening to their stuff. I'm like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't battle you. I had somebody call me out on Instagram, literally with no name, man. I ain't even going to say his name and give him no shine on here, but he called me out, and I'm like, fam, I've been through the trenches, fam. Yeah, you got to go through Big some shit. Big tune, I standard. All right. The industry. Yeah. Man, look, go back, hop on FL, and get yourself nice, man. Get nice, man. And don't worry about what I'm doing. Get nice. That's, you and know I, what I mean? Like, It will. That's that's a good-ass point. And I, and I know I just said it, but honestly... Get nice. Everybody's so quick to put their shit out. Get nice. Work on your shit, man. It, you, there's Get no nice, rush. Man. The internet gonna be here. Get nice, man. Too many people putting their shit out before it's ready, man. Get nice on your shit. Like, anybody that's listening that might be an up-and-comer or starting out, this is the way that I, I got nice. And that's, you know, it's all subjective or objective or whatever. The way that I got Segment nice... Segment alert. Always got to yeah. throw that out there. Yeah, I mean, Get like... nice! <laughs> seriously, like, the way I used to do it, I used to listen to the shit that I thought was the best shit ever, and I would put my shit next to it. And if you can't put your... If your shit in a playlist doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, sound fluent, if the shit that you play, say, if you play your favorite song and the shit that you... And your favorite beat doesn't match up sonically to that... Keep working. Yep. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I look it. at it. Just get get nicer at your shit, man. I, I put my shit up next to my favorite shit. And if it doesn't sound nearly as good, then I just keep working. That's all. Give yourself a standard. That's real shit, man. As a fellow uh, person that, that that hones in on composing and everything, man, yeah. uh, I, I mean, I've really gotten the film scoring and stuff real heavy over the past couple years. Yeah, smart uh, man, smart man. Got to have multiple threats out here. The industry is treacherous. Absolutely. Uh, I just, listen, but, I'm, I'm late because I just finished a deadline for working on some TV stuff. That's the play right there, man. Right. We're giving y'all mm-hmm. gems up to the listeners. Oh, you know, yeah. Get like us, man. We, we, we give y'all the roadmaps. However nice but, uh, you think you are, you know, somebody nicer, man. Get nice. <laughs> Get nice. That is real, man. Yo, what up, Il Brown? I'm thinking of signing up for B Stars. What's your experience like? 
Man, bro, B-Stars came through for me at a tough time, man. Uh, of course, the industry is much different now. It gave me a platform where I didn't have to build my own website, and I was able to upload my beats and sell them and engage with the community, man. I had a crazy first month, man. Did like 4K in sales. Wow. And I've been a fan and a member of BeatStars ever since. Sign up on BeatStars to start making money with your beats. Go to bit.ly slash beattheblock1. Again, that's bit.ly slash beattheblock1. Peace. Let's talk about the composing you're doing, man. Uh, you know, about films you're working on and stuff, man. How's it different for you, man, as far as composing for film and stuff like that as opposed to just, you know, sending artist packs to make beats or whatever like that? You know what I'm saying? I honestly don't even send packs. Like, I probably did. I did two sample packs, and it just didn't feel right because... Like I, I still want to try to my hand at it, but it's not, it's not for me because that's not what I started out to do. Even when I was making music and people sampled me, it just it was a happenstance thing. It wasn't a thing where I'm like, yo, I'm a sample composer, and people would start naming me that. And I, I, I just tweeted that like, stop calling yourself a sample composer. You're just a composer. Because when you call yourself a sample composer, people like kind of they put you in that thing and they subjugate you to just sampling, and they think that you're subservient to them. Well, if you're just a composer, it's a, collab it's, a, it's a collaboration. It's not you just me being a sample where we're collaborating. But as far as just composing goes, just my foray into film and TV, just based off the songs that I've done, I've worked here and there doing little stuff, but I'm really trying to go full scale. And it's uh, that's why I came out here. I moved out here to meet with music supervisors. Like, I know a bunch of people, man. It's just really just getting the right opportunities. And honestly, I'm, I'm willing to even work with, like, film students and stuff like that, just building a resume over there. Like, I'm, I'm proud of what I've done in the music industry, but I'm ready for, for film scoring. I'm actually developing my own shit, too. I'm working on my own. Dope. I'm writing. Let's just put it like that. That's hell, man. Get with me. I got an opportunity for you all, all oh, off there. Let's go. Let's go, man. <laughs> yeah, definitely get with me on that, man. Uh, everybody on this show is going to be working on this with me as well. So, oh, that's beautiful. Like, you know. I've never been one to hoard opportunities, man. So oh, I'm, I'm love, definitely going to get with you on that. The next question is: is I promise I'd be able to pull some fun shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> me and Trox was talking, and uh, you know, John hit us up. Was like, "Yo, man, Ant Man's going to do the show." Uh, shout out to Candy for the alley oop and all of that. But uh, me and Trox was like, "Yo, my favorite shit Ant Man ever did is not even really a track. It's when you got on IG." And uh, <laughs> you, you know where I'm going with this, right? That's so many IG. IG. You were like, rest in peace to my IG, man. There was this one video where you were like, you were. It looked like you were holding a competition or like some kind of like opportunity, right? <laughs> yes, sir. But you were trolling the shit out of them, and then the comment section was like, "Oh, that's fire! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go!" Yo, explain that one. Yeah, man. I was in tears. I'm trying to think which one it was because you know what? Like, I know like. Shout out to my name is Ant-Man Wonder. So a lot of people don't actually get my sense of humor. And I forget that because I talk to people like I know. But I do so much. I just say I just say anything on IG. And it, it and people take so much serious. Like, I think somebody hit me up the other day and was like, yo, what's up with your kid? That and was, was like, me, right? <laughs> it was you. <laughs> it was candy. It was candy. It was candy. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> It was candy. That's right. I saw the I photo, but I was looking at the comments and I saw everybody else I know that was like, congrats, congrats. And I was like, oh, he got a little one. 
<laughs> that never happened. <laughs> but no one said LOL. So then when we had our conversation, you was like, what? I just leave it. And I don't fix shit either. I'll just leave it. What was the competition? You were like, I'm trying to find some producers to work with. I take 100% of the publishing. And you get to tell everybody you work at Pizza Hut. You do this. <laughs> ah, that sounds like some stupid shit I would say. And some people were still with it. It's a shame, yeah, it was man. wild. Yo, cats were still with it. They were still with it. They was with it. That's, That's funny. I was looking in the comments like, yo, they really like with the shits, bro. I, like, hey, listen, they, they, ready to, they ready to go. You I live in a, I, yo, I lied to you. I live in a bubble, man. Like, I, I like people always be like, yeah, man, I, like this person was shouting you out. Never. I, I don't know what's going on outside of the room that I'm in. So when people actually respond like that, I'm like, I didn't know you actually gave a shit because I, you know, I don't move like that. Like, I don't I don't have anything to do with anybody. I just sit in here and make music. And if, if you hear it, you hear it good. But, you know me, like, I don't, I don't have that outward personality. So, like, anything I say, you got to take that shit at ant value, which is... <laughs> <laughs> Shifting gears, uh, in our opinion, you've always stayed humble. What is the importance of staying humble in this business, even after doing what you've done? It's realizing that what you do is a job and that you as a person still have to be accountable to you as a person. And what you do as a profession does not make you a better person. It does not give you a better status than anyone. It does not make you better than anyone. You're actually here as a service you're a service person. You so you're here to serve the people. You're actually here to make people's day better or give them moods and shit like that. To actually feel like you're above someone because you do something is, is just crazy to me. I've had people like from my old blockies be like, yo, I ain't know you did this and third, man. You be hunting. I'm like, because it's my job. It's just my job. I'm not gonna walk around with a billboard telling you everything I've done. It's just literally my job to do this. Like this is what I signed up to do. And it doesn't make me special. It doesn't make me special. Everybody ha has a genius ability that they don't tap into. I just happen to be blessed to do one of the popular ones. But it doesn't make me, by any means, anything other than a musician. And that's all. That's really dope. So, of course, you know, we all have our down times going through this industry and dealing with the people and beat block and creative process. So when it comes to your mental health, what do you do to make sure you're in a good headspace? Honestly, man, I, I, I suffered a <laughs> I suffered a mental breakdown in 2017. It was bad. The thing about a breakdown is you, you break down the bill back up. And I know it's a lot of producers that's going through a lot of struggle and they feel like they're being overlooked and underappreciated. But your job is still your job, man. You're here to do something. And when it's your time, when your number gets called for you to get whatever you are looking for, it'll happen. But you just got to keep working. It's a lifelong journey being a musician. I can't quit. It's, I talk about quitting because it's fun. It's, it's like a fantasy. But in reality, you know, it's just your job, man. And if you have to go and get a job, if you have to do whatever you have to do to support yourself, do it. But don't put all of your energy into people appreciating what you do put all your energy into you appreciating what you do put all your energy into your skill put all your energy into getting better at what you do put all your energy into experimenting and trying new things uh they like you know i hate to be cliche but it says if you know a man that does the same thing over and over again it's crazy was that einstein that said that if yeah so it's getting out of that and and trying things and growing and 
and learning about yourself, man. But as far as mental health goes, man, seek help. Talk to someone. Don't isolate yourself. I did that. I isolated myself. It was damaging to myself. I put a gun in my head. I was ready to go. And I know it's a lot of people even right now, especially in this time, that are, are struggling. But just get to somebody that you trust and, and speak to somebody and love yourself, man. Learn to love yourself. Learn to, to love what's good about you and stop focusing on all the negative. Learn to, to love, even if it's the smallest thing that you're good at, get better at the smallest thing that you're good at and it'll expand to other things. Everything in life is connected. In 2017, when you went through that mental breakdown, what did you do to, to get out of it? Like, what was one of the things that you did that played a significant role of you climbing out of that? Realizing that I'm not out here by myself. Realizing that I'm not the only one going through it. Realizing that there are people that love me and that need me. And that there's things that I still have to accomplish, no matter, no matter how it looks or no matter how it comes about. Because life is not linear. You know, it doesn't all go on one straight path. There's a bunch, a bunch of different things you can do. It's a bunch of different things you could try. Like, life is limitless as long as you don't limit yourself. And I sound like a corny ass uh, seminar, but that's, that's just real shit. Like, just don't limit yourself, man. Don't don't live within whatever the government put situation the government puts you in, whatever situation your folks put you in. If you have something that you're passionate about, and, I, and that's the, the key word is passion, like, it has to be something that you're passionate about. Don't don't get into something that you're not meant to be doing and get mad because it's not working out. You get what I mean? If you don't really love it, then don't do it. I think if like especially with music, it's I know I know just by probability that the number of people that are doing music, there's they they're probably meant to do other things. They're probably meant to they're probably genius at other things. And even me myself, I do music, I've accomplished some things in music, but I know that's not all I am. Like I, there's other things that I that I can do. There's other things that I think I'm good at. And I just want to try everything that I that I can. You only get to do this once. Facts. So you have some great takes on like what needs to be done to make sure producers get paid and treat it right. Yeah. What do you think producers need to start doing to command their worth? Like, especially in this game today, because there's tons of artists, independent, everything is yeah. pretty much on you. So what advice would you give someone, you know, when it comes to selling their beats? Don't turn down your nose at anything. And I, and I mean that even towards beat stars. Like, at first, like, I'm going to be completely transparent. I, me being a quote-unquote industry producer who've worked with a lot of industry people, I looked at beat stars like, oh, I'm not giving up my shit like that. But honestly, man, <laughs> don't get so caught up in this industry shit. Don't get so caught up in what they told you the industry is like and what you feel like you deserve in this industry. But the industry is the one that you create. Everybody's an industry uh, unto themselves. When people were sampling me, it wasn't popular. Now everybody's a sample maker or whatever you know you call yourself, but everybody does it now. But when I was doing that shit, it was probably like two or three people that were known for actually doing it. So that's building an industry. That's that's you creating an industry within yourself. And as far as like beat stars go, obviously number uh, the number one hit in the world last year came from beat stars. So the industry is literally what you make it. Um, we have so much freedom. We have so much things we can do now. We have so many things that we can do and that we can create just being who we are and figuring shit out, not going off of what the industry tells you the rules are. Get your paperwork done right. Make sure that's that's up front. 
don't fall into all that fam, fam, bam, bigelow shit where everybody's calling you fam and bro and all that shit. Everybody's, everything's business. Just do your business right. Respect yourself and command respect from others. Don't wait on nobody. It's no handouts, nothing like that, man. Like, there's so many ways to attack it. I can't even, like, I know everybody has the key to life, but everybody's success ain't everybody's success. So the people that made it a certain way, that's good for you. But it's so many ways into into this industry that is really to a point where the industry is yours. The industry is yours to mold and make. The labels are just all of this shit is a facade, and all this is, this shit is just a way to to kind of make the money go where the money goes. But you can do that for yourself too. It's like population control. It really is. <laughs> like that's <laughs> funny. It really is, man. Like just really, just figure out figure out for yourself what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. Like I said, everybody has their own success, and you create your success, and you don't let nobody dictate what your success is. That's real shit. Facts. Somebody set me up to say something funny because I feel like I've been serious this entire podcast. <laughs> Any crazy industry stories being in the studio working with somebody? You're like, yeah, man, nigga, talk about some shit that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that, that was funny. <laughs> I've signed so many NDAs out here. Oh, I went to Flying Lotus's when he dropped Flamagra. I went to his uh, release party, and Helly Joe Eisman was just like randomly standing there. And me and my friend was there, and he just kept looking at us. Like, I was like, yo, that's the that's Helly Joel Eisman. And then, <laughs> like, he was sitting, like, he was there by himself. So he was just, like, looking at us. And then we looked at him, and he was like, oh, hey, did you say something? I was like, no. And then we just, we were friends for the rest of that night, and we hung out. Like, <laughs> we hung out. That's L.A. for you, though. Yo, it is. I, like, I learned that. That is L.A. in the I, I ran into Facts. a whole lot of people that I was like, yo, is that? And then they just be regular as shit. Seriously. But what are you looking forward to, especially now being out in L.A. Uh, with your career? Like, what's the next move? Honestly, man, like... I've just been decompressing out here so much. Like, I've worked on stuff. Like, I got stuff that came out. And I don't even speak on, the, like, half of the stuff that came out. Like, I did a lot of work with DJ Muggs. I got stuff. Like, I got an album coming out. I'm going to do a... Uh, I think I was going to be a full album, but I'm going to do an EP because I'm running out of time. But I'm going to drop it on my birthday. Uh, and then I'm going to do a full album with, like, a lot of my friends. My birthday is June 5th, Friday. It's a Friday, so... It is that's, a Friday. That, yeah, that's that's. I gotta do something. Like it's too many things that's lining up, and plus, uh, you know, we're in the worst year ever. So, <laughs> I'll give something. Put shit out now. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. <laughs> I'm gonna try to give something to lighten the mood at least. Uh, but yeah, the end of the year, I'm, I'm gonna you know collect my friends and a lot of my musician friends and, and do a full fledged album. It's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that I, I I got going on that you know I'm not even speaking on because you know you've been in this industry long enough. I got interviews where you'll probably hear me talking about stuff that you're like, where is that at? And it's like, it's, it's never happening. But I know I, I, I'm, um, I'm working with a lot of dope artists, man. I, I'm working with a lot of dope songwriters and people that, uh, that I really respect. And, uh, and I look forward to their careers growing and, and hopefully I get down with y'all too, man. Like I fucks with all of y'all. Would love to, man. Some shit. Would love to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, always room to work. Let's do it. Yeah, just on the strength, man. Like, I just... I, I like making new shit, man. I mean, that's the beauty of music. That's the beauty of creativity. It's just... You just create new shit. You you get to create your own experience. Possibly share it sometimes. Because I know y'all got a bunch of shit laying in the tub. 
Ooh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I wish uh, a lot of these artists that is holding a lot of our music hostage would put it out finally. Oh, man. man. Yo, like, if I could just do a thing of all of the shit that I've done that never came out and all of the legendary artists that I've gotten to work with that will never see the light of day, it would be so much fun. But that shit is old and dated to me now. Now I want to, I will probably have to go back over a lot of that shit. But yeah, I've worked on some, um, I worked on some real, some some real fun shit, man. And uh, but my whole thing now, like, is if I work with artists, that's that's cool. But I want to I want to work on films, man. I want to be the backdrop to a film. That shit lasts forever. Yeah, that absolutely. Shit, that's it's, where it's it, it ain't got nothing to do with no charts. It ain't got nothing to do with no popularity. It's just how good the movie is. There's movies that you never heard of that win Oscars. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just the difference, and the film industry just treats people so different, man. That's what I will say as a black man that I do want to break into um, composing at a certain level because I feel like we've been left out of that conversation. Like if you if you go to the the, the Fox site, like somebody showed me, you went I would they went to the Fox site and just all the list of composers, mm-hmm. just a sea of whiteness, and then they threw this one Indian guy up there in the front. <laughs> like, he put it's him... a blizzard. They put him in the first box. <laughs> it was like, look, no, we're diverse. <laughs> but this is the thing, honestly. In the industry, like, no, seriously, if you research it and look at all the composers, and, they, and, and some of those composers are my friends, don't get me wrong. Like, I've met some amazing, like, composers. Like, I met the dude that did the friggin' opening for Parks and Rec. That's big to me. Yeah, I'm saying like people that did like the just some of my favorite. I'm a TV pro. I love TV. So like just some people that did some really big things and like I want parts of that, man. We like you know, music is kind of a big part of, you know, our culture. So I I, I want parts of that too. Like I feel like when they do go for uh com- black composers is usually they'll go for like Dr. Dre or RZA and shit like that. They just kind of go for a name not to take anything away from dr dre or rizza but we're just like your normal everyday composer like how many black men have you met or black women have you met that actually have can say that they've composed on a big project that's a part of my mission and it's been a part of my mission for a long time so you know hopefully that can happen soon like i know there's that's not to take away from any black composers that are out there that have worked on some level and and done some things but we need more man we need more i feel like we need to break into that industry for real and that's me saying that to to all y'all even trox agreed you black right now trox yep hey (laughs) (laughs) so that's that's one of my missions too and not just because I'm black, but because I love com- composing, and I think I'm actually pretty good at composing. And fuck that, I am. We don't think <laughs> you are. That. We we, we don't that. think you're good. We know Damn you're good. good. We, you're pretty uh, great. I'm <laughs> I mean, I try not to talk like that too much, but I do need to start walking in goodness and <laughs> saying, "Hey, you know what? I'm doing this for a reason. I'm not doing it because I'm okay at it." And I really, I just want to get into composing, man. I do. I think, I think we need some more of that in, in, in music, man. There's so much standard stuff. You know what I, I heard? It wasn't by a black composer or anything, but Uncut Gems, just the soundtrack to that shit. Yes, sir. It was so freaking amazing. Insane. I know so many people that do shit like that, and I feel like, damn, man, like, why can't we get more movies that are daring and try shit like that and instead of your average, everyday, by-the-numbers orchestration? I'm looking forward to the future, man. I feel like we're going to get there, man. I know a lot of people that think like me. And um, I just want to, it's not even about diversity, man. It's just really about 
people that are good <laughs> that just don't get the shine because of how we look. I rock with that, man. Well, everybody, uh, let everybody know where they can find you online and on Stars, man. You know what I'm saying? You can't. Um, I don't exist. No, I, I <laughs> did make another Instagram at your mom house. No, you can find me. I may, may wonder on Stars too, man. Find me on there. It's like 16 beats on there right now, but I'm, I am I got other stuff cooking for it. Understood, understood. You know, man. I'm going to upload more shit. But get on there. You rappers, you get the rapping. You rap on that shit. You know, you make it sound good. You know, you buy those stems. Give me, you know, hit me up. Let's talk. Let's, let's, let's you know, negotiate some prices. Indeed. But I'm on Stars, man. I love that you're on Stars, man. That's uh, that's two for two, man. You know, artists on Beat Stars, man. It makes it makes the people that's listening feel like, oh man, he's in the trenches with. Oh, me, I so. am, man. I mean, that's a lot of. I ain't even the trenches with y'all. Everybody doing better than me. <laughs> I need shit. to. I did, I've been bullshitting. I need to upload some shit, man. Like I'm pre. I'm appreciative of the sales that I got, man. But even just because I'm verified and a pro and all that stuff doesn't automatically grant me sales and stuff you really got to put the work in if that's to anything because I, I get people that dm me and say yo could you help me and i'm like i know could you help me like bro like it's no matter how facts man, it's cats on beat stars it crushing is it's it. people yeah crushing it and i'm like yeah there is it? i mean so it, it, it's possible man but you got to put the work in you bring your own audience you you got to bring your audience you got to go out there and put and do footwork and market yourself it's not just you know you're not just i'm not just because i'm i got a bunch of followers and shit like that on there it does not mean i'm just automatically getting sales there's a lot of other producers that are just listening to what i do on there mostly but the, the 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 actual sales and the crowd comes from what you generate and from the people that you reach out to and actually talk to. You can't be an introvert on BeatStars. And I'm just saying that as an introvert on BeatStars. Community <laughs> base, man. Well, shit, with that being said, man, we appreciate you for coming on the show today, man. Very entertaining interview. Had a blast, man. We're going to get up out of here, man, and, and, you know, embark on our journey towards the next episode, man. I am Ill Brown. This is Trox. And this is your girl, Candy. And we will see you next time on the next episode, man. Tell your mama I need my wings fried hard. Peace. (laughs) Peace. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Beat the Block. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps the show a lot. See you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.